I'm Amina Zena, and you're listening to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If you're ready to take your fitness, your body, and your life to the next level, then this is the place to be. And I'm so excited you're here, so now let's begin. Hey, glad you made it to today's episode. This is going to be a good one. I really want to share why I haven't weighed myself in over a year, body image, and everything I have gone through in my own fitness journey as a trainer, working with hundreds of clients one-on-one. I want to share what I've learned and I want to teach you so you don't have to go through any BS. That's the whole point of life is that we all teach each other things and we get better at things and we can help each other avoid learning stuff the hard way. So before we get into it, I want to say if you are feeling the podcast, if this is something that's like you've been liking to listen to, I'd so appreciate it if you could give me a five-star rating in the iTunes store. That would be awesome. And if you're listening on Spotify, if you could just share this with a friend who you think needs a little fitspiration, that would be greatly appreciated. So let's get into why I haven't weighed myself. Let's start with where I started. I started as a teenager. That is where I started my fitness journey, around the age of 14, maybe 13. And I was a size 22 US. I know I have a lot of friends all around the world now, Europe, Asia. I don't really know international sizes. And to give you some perspective, I'm a size 10. I was a size 22. So I dropped all those sizes, right? Sizes go by twos in America. So I went from a size 10 to a 12 to a 14 to a 16 to an 18 to a 20 to a 22. That's seven pant sizes right there. I know in a previous episode I said 11 because I went from a size 22 to a 10. So that's like 11. Either way, seven pant sizes, 11 pant sizes. That's a night and day transformation. You know what I'm saying? I was at that point where I could have fit both of my legs in one pant leg. That's how big I was, right? So the doctors were telling me I'm morbidly obese. I had like this hump on the back of my neck. Whenever you have too much body fat, you start getting um, some fat on the back of your neck. I had that going on. I was being told that I was going to get type two diabetes, right? I had to shop at a special plus size store. And that is what really upset me as a kid. Weight never triggered me. And it just still doesn't because it's never ever been an accurate picture of what you look like. Weight is just not the way that we measure how we look. It never was. It's not the most useful tool. So for me, even though I was morbidly obese, it's funny. I think being a kid helped. The thing is, is that I told I was obese. I worked on it and that was that. I didn't have a whole lot of like hangups with how much I weighed, right? I had hangups with how my clothes were looking and fitting and I didn't want to have to go shop at this plus size store an hour away as a kid I wanted to be able to wear what all the other kids were wearing and this was Abercrombie and Aeropostale those were the popular brands when I was like in middle school and high school and I couldn't fit into those clothes so even to this day I always recommend to my clients you should measure yourself with a tape measurer and take pictures that is going to be a 10 times more accurate picture of what your body is doing than your weight I have a whole episode about this. And the thing is, is that weight, again, it's just not the full picture. It's just not the best tool. It's just not. Like, for instance, if I asked you, how do you want to get across the ocean right now? Let's say you want to fly from New York to London. Do you want to fly from New York to London or do you want to get on a canoe that you made with a cardboard box? Do you want to get on a boat that you made or do you want to take a flight? 
You want to take a flight. It's the obvious answer. And there's a better way to do things when it comes to measuring your body and tracking your progress and even seeing your body. So I know that weight and body image go hand in hand, but you got to let that go, boo. It's not working. And I know that a lot of people are concerned because the doctor says your BMI is too high. BMI is this thing that doctors use to do a percentage of your height and your weight and they let you know if you are too fat or something like that. I'm not even quite sure what the BMI was technically intended for and after some research I learned that the BMI is a form of pretty much healthcare propaganda. It's something that doctors created to get people into this category of being bigger so that they could charge you more for your health insurance premiums and get you on prescriptions. BMI is a load of BS. It's not really the most accurate factual way to measure, okay? And why hasn't it been updated? Let's not even get into that argument because y'all know there's a lot of stuff that still hasn't changed yet, okay? A lot of systems on this planet still haven't changed yet. And the thing is, is that you can change your own internal system on how you see yourself. So I think the first thing to really understand is like, are you judging your body image on what society is telling you is good or what you're telling yourself is good? And I know it's hard. Again, it took me years to get to this place and I'm not perfect. I'm not sitting here like I'm the body image expert. The thing is, is that I never let the weight trip me up. So at that time, now that I'm pretty much cut my body in half, I am literally like, I was two times bigger at one point. Now I'm smaller. I'm those seven pants to size is smaller and I'm still in the 200 pound range, okay? I didn't lose that much weight on the scale. I'm still 200 something pounds. I just dropped sizes because I built muscle and the muscle burnt the fat for me. Muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. Don't say that either. Muscle just takes up less space than fat. That is the accurate truth, okay? There's different ways to measure things in life, right? We have different tools for measuring. Sometimes you use a yardstick, right? Sometimes you use a measuring cup. Sometimes you can measure things in pounds or kilograms or ounces. So weight is just not the thing. You're going to get caught up and you're going to have body image issues for a long time if you continue to look at the scale. And that's part of the journey. I've noticed that for the hundreds of people I've worked with, that seems to be the first thing we talk about is weight and how they want to lose weight. And I am always reminding people that you want to recomp and build lean mass. You want to build lean mass. Nine times out of 10, my clients, when they say they want to lose weight, what they actually mean is that they want to get toned. And to get toned, you have to build lean muscle. And you have to be in a different mindset from building muscle versus just sort of doing cardio and burning calories. So I've made a whole episode about this, and I know that it might sound repetitive. It's actually, I think, the third episode, weight loss mindset versus fat loss mindset. So make sure you check that out too. It's way more scientific. This one is just more talking about like feelings and opinions sort of. So I think that people get caught up because the doctor says, hey, BMI, and people want to have something to measure themselves against. And I think that's good. There's, it's good to have a standard. It's good to have a standard measurement so you know if you're heading in the right direction. It's just that BMI and weight is not the tool. So I think that step one is to understand that measuring your body fat percentage, getting a body scan, using pictures, using a tape measure, basing it how your clothes look and feel is going to help you with your body image more than weighing yourself. And I'm not against weighing myself. I weigh myself when I get the chance. I understand that I need to use my weight to calculate correct macros, to calculate the right amount of protein I should be getting to build and sustain my muscle, my lean mass, which is you know, the amount of muscle you have is what 
is your metabolism. Your metabolism is directly related to how much muscle you have. So if you have more muscle, you have a faster metabolism. You burn more calories at rest. Okay, so that's been my mindset. I've been somebody that's like, hey, I want to get lean. I've never wanted to get skinny. I want to get lean. And I have struggled with the way I've seen my body. I remember at first when I was working out and I made the initial transformation as a teenager, I didn't realize my body could be what it is now. At the time, I didn't have internet. I grew up in West Virginia and this was at a time when nobody had internet. It's not because I was like, you know, misfortunate or something like that. It's like, there's no internet. There's no social media. So when I started running, it was just because I wanted to be able to play sports with my friends. I kept getting cut from the team. I wasn't able to make the requirements. I'm having to go to this plus size store an hour away. Like my life just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I felt like I couldn't connect with people my age. Like I was like, oh, I want to play sports and I can't because I keep getting cut because I'm I'm too fat pretty much and I don't have the coordination. I don't have the physical ability to actually play the sport. So I was just sick of that. I started running every day after school so I could join these sports teams. They had a requirement of running two miles in under 20 minutes. And it was crazy because I set a goal and I learned how to set goals. I learned how to like make a fitness goal happen right then and there before the internet, before I became a trainer, I trained myself. So my body started changing and I didn't know it was going to change like that. I just thought, cool, I'm going to start running and I'm going to get better at the sport. I wasn't really aware that my body would change and everybody in high school was like, oh, wow, you look so different. And I had to get a whole new wardrobe. None of my clothes fit. I'm swimming in my clothes. Boys are finally telling me I'm hot. I remember that. I was 16 years old in the lunch line and this guy looks at me. I remember who it is. I'm not going to say his name because he'll probably listen. He was just like, wow, you got hot. (laughs) I was like, thank you. I, it was so awkward. I was like, nobody's ever given me a compliment on my body before. And you don't need compliments to feel good about yourself. It's just that nobody had ever given me a compliment on my body. And that's when I first started actually even developing body image issues, right? Because as you lose weight, I had like loose skin and stretch marks. And I still have those things. The thing is that I know my angles and pictures and they have tightened up. My loose skin has tightened up so much over the past like 15 years. It's been like 15 years since I made that transformation. I lift, I take collagen, which is a skin elasticity supplement. My skin has tightened up a lot, so I don't even feel like I have that anymore. And yeah, I have stretch marks and that's cool. I used to be really, really upset by stretch marks. I would go out of my way to constantly hide them. And again, I'm not saying I'm like 100% like, hey, I'm gonna go out and let the world see my stretch marks today. But if you see them, I don't care. If they show up in a picture, I don't care. If you come to my class and you see my stretch marks on my arm or my stomach or my back or whatever, cool. I don't know. It's weird. I think the older I've gotten, the more secure I am with my body because you start to realize stretch marks don't diminish beauty whatsoever. Growing up, I thought they did. Looking at it now, when I look at people in their bodies, like stretch marks are just a fact of life. And I think that getting logical sometimes helps. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel fat, but I'll take a measurement of my waist and I'm like, oh, wow, my waist is the same. I guess my feelings were not the right feelings. So sometimes you have to remember that you have to really master your minds and your emotion, right? Mastering your mindset and your emotion is is step one. Understanding how the body works, I think, is step two. And I guess the reason I haven't weighed myself is because at this time, it's been the coronavirus lockdown. I haven't been to a gym in five months, that's usually where I weigh myself because I don't own a scale. I just don't see the point to have one. And the last time I weighed myself was 
all right, it's it's end of July now. I'm pretty sure it was like September, October of last year. So it hasn't been an exact year, but the fact is I don't remember. I know it was in the fall. That was the last time I weighed myself. I just remember it was in the fall because I remember looking out the window and seeing like some colorful leaves. So yeah, with that being said, it's like weight is just not, I don't know. It's something that you should give up. As a professional personal trainer, I think you should use weight when it's time. But if you weigh yourself once a month, once every two months, you should be good, okay? You got to look at your pictures and your measurements. That is going to tell you way more of the truth. And as far as how you want to look, I think Instagram, you knew it was going to come up. Instagram, everybody's posting their body. Some people are posting plastic surgery. Some people are posting pictures of Photoshop. Some people are posting completely unretouched pictures. You have to go into Instagram with a grain of salt. And I think it's also okay to say, hey, I'm not comparing myself to somebody else. The thing is, is that we are humans with a visual, we have a visual and we are allowed to look at each other and we can appreciate our own beauty. We can appreciate each other's beauty. I think sometimes Instagram gets a bad rap, like, oh, you get on and you just compare yourself with other people. Sometimes you're not always comparing yourself. Sometimes you're admiring somebody else. Sometimes you're just looking. So I think social media can be a good tool when you, when you look and you say, hey, I see what this person has done with their body. And that makes me, reminds me that it's possible for me. I think understanding that you're never going to have someone else's body, their proportions or any of that is super important. As much as you may try or want to, your height is pretty much locked in. And there are three different body types, right? There's mesomorphs, endomorphs, and ectomorphs. Ectomorphs are people that are naturally sort of tall and skinny. They have a hard time gaining weight. Mesomorphs are people that are a little naturally more muscular a little more naturally athletic for a girl that might end up being not as curvaceous, right? And then there are endomorphs. Those girls are usually very curvaceous, small waist, big hips. Guys are usually pretty stocky and have some muscle on them as endomorphs. And then knowing that there's a blend of all these body types. So understanding that there are different body types that most of the population falls into, figuring out what your blend of body type is can help you accept your body more. Like if you're an ectomorph and you're tall and skinny and you know that it's because you're an ectomorph, you can act accordingly, right? And the same thing for the other two body types. So I think again, like getting logical with your body type can help knowing how to eat and train and also having a vision that's clear. I had this talk with a client yesterday. It's like you can only focus on a few things at a time, really one thing at a time. You can focus on how you don't want to look, how you don't want to feel. You can repeat thoughts of the past all day. You can remind yourself that your fitness journey isn't working and you can focus on the outcome you don't want and you get the outcome you don't want. When I was leaning out, okay, a lot of times people come to me as clients and they're like, oh, I want to get back to how I was before I gained weight or had the baby or whatever. I never had a get back to how I was when I started my fitness journey. As a kid, I was fat, right? And I lost weight as a kid. So me, I never had anything to get back to. And I wanted to see, I was like, hey, can someone like me get a six pack? So this was around 2012, 2013. My whole thing was I want to get lean as possible. I thought for some reason, in order to be a trainer, in order to be taken seriously, that I had to get really lean. And the gym at the time told me this too. The other trainers kept sort of ganging up on me. They're like, I mean, 
at the time I was kind of curvy. They're like, yo, you would look better. You would get more clients if you really get lean and really build abs and all this and that. And I just kind of believed them. I think they were body shaming me at the time. And at the same time, I don't mind because that pushed me into seeing where I could take my body. And I got to that point. I had a visible six pack. I dropped down the lowest pant size I ever got was like a size eight, maybe even a size six US, which is small for me, right? That was small for me. And I had the visible abs and I wasn't feeling it. I was like, you know what? I used to really hate my legs. I'll say that strong word. I hated my legs. And finally, when I got super lean like that, super skinny, my legs were so small. And I remember thinking, wow, I want my legs to be a little bit bigger. It was so funny. It was like, my legs finally got small. The one area that I had always sort of not liked about myself, finally got them as small as I thought I wanted. And then I was like, Hey, I'm about to rebuild my legs. So that was kind of a funny thing. I think that there is no answer for body image. I mean, love yourself, love where you're at. And it's okay to love yourself in the process of changing for the better. That's also something you have to remember too. Fitness is not about fixing yourself. It's not about fixing anything. It's about improving, becoming more of who you are because you have to keep doing it for a lifestyle. Sometimes I think my clients feel like, remember I worked with this girl, she's like, I don't want to feel like I'm in a program and I need help and I'm getting fixed. And it's like, the program I teach you is to build a system that you replicate and do for the rest of your life. I log my food every day. I lift weights. I do these things every day. I keep track of myself so I can stay successful, right? So taking track of yourself is not a sign that you're failing and need help. Like no professional athlete just willy nillies their workouts. Like Serena Williams doesn't just be like, oh, I'm going to go work out today. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how many reps or sets. Like whatever, I'll just like wing it. What am I going to eat tonight? Oh, like chips. Like I'll just wing it. Like no, professional athletes know what they're doing. They have a training schedule. They have a nutrition schedule, right? So taking track of yourself is really going to be helpful for maintaining and building the results and knowing that like, you can have whatever body you want that's aesthetically pleasing to you. Now, here's the thing about things being aesthetically pleasing. Like I was saying earlier in the episode, you can be morbidly obese. You can be a size 50 if that's what you like from an aesthetic point of view. But from a health perspective, since I don't want to use BMI, why do we use from a health perspective to judge ourselves, to see if we're healthy or not? Well, we found out that once your body goes above 30% body fat, you end up being at risk for things like fatty liver. You end up being at risk for needing different body parts amputated because you have fat around your organs and your body will malfunction with too high percentage of body fat. That's why weight will not tell you your body fat percentage. It can't. Weight is not the full picture. Weight is a disposable camera and using body fat percentage is a 4K GoPro, all right? So shift into that. Shift into the higher perspective. So with that being said... It's like you want to be under 30%, men and women. Women want to be between 30% and no less than like 13. Because once you start going below 13% body fat, you end up also malfunctioning. If you have too little body fat, your period might stop and you might lose your hair. So there is an equilibrium between about 15 to 30% that is ideal for most humans to be at. So that is your ideal. Your ideal is a range. And even when I work with my clients, I give them ranges because your body will fluctuate a little bit. Not like there's a fluctuation means one pant size, boo. That don't mean three or four pant sizes. I think sometimes people, I'll, and again, this is not to be judgmental. I don't say any of this to be judgmental or, um, 
facetious in any way. Again, I am a professional. I've been doing this a long time. So some of this stuff does seem just sort of like common knowledge to me. So I, I definitely don't want to come across as rude. The thing is that sometimes people tell me about how they fall off of fitness for like months on end or years on end. Like you're not fluctuating if you haven't worked out and you gained a whole bunch of weight. If you haven't worked out in a year and you gained a bunch of weight, that's not fluctuating. That's like you fell off and you have to start over. Fluctuating is you had a lot of salt over the weekend and you're a little bit bloated, right? And maybe you might need the next pant size up after the holidays. You went on the holidays and, oh, you gained like a pound or two and you three, four, five pounds. Anything more than five pounds, that's not a fluctuation. That's You need to work on that. Five pounds, you might fluctuate. You might have a time you're not getting a lot of sleep and your body's staying inflamed or, again, you're retaining water because of some supplement. It's one thing to sort of fluctuate up to a pant size. Anything more than a pant size, you're not fluctuating, like that you're just gaining weight. So I think that's why it's important to take your measurements so you can really keep track because, again, your weight will not tell you these things. So understanding the body will fluctuate and understanding that even though there is no set ideal for beauty um, and even necessarily for health, because, again, you can be healthy at 29% body fat, at 18% body fat. That's going to look drastically different, though. And that's something as a seasoned trainer, it's so easy for me to guess someone's body fat percentage, but not their weight. I'm not good at guessing weight. I can guess your height and your body fat percentage on lock. I would put money on it because that's just way more obvious. Your body fat percentage is way more telling. It's there for you. If you Google body fat percentage right now of the men and women, they show you a graph of people's stomachs. Because body fat percentage can really be seen, whereas weight can't really be seen by the naked eye. So that's why body fat percentage is, again, a better tool to assess yourself with. And the thing is, is that even though there's not one ideal shape or size, I'm curvaceous, guys. I'm thick. You know, I have a big butt. I used to be big. I also used to be really lean. I've, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. And I've learned, I read this book called The Evolution of Desire. Really good book. One more time. The Evolution of Desire. And it explains why hip-to-waist ratio is such a thing for human beings and reproduction. Like how men are attracted to women with an hourglass shape. I think it was something like, don't quote me on this, but something like the ideal was like 36, 28, 36. Not because those measurements are what everyone needs to be, but because that created some sort of very even hourglass shape. Like men from a primal mating level want to see that a woman has a big enough hip to have a baby, right? So hip to waist ratio. You want to see that the woman has wide enough hips to healthily carry and have a baby and that she has enough fat to hold the baby, but not too much fat so that she's at a health risk. So men sort of have this body fat percentage range pre-programmed into their DNA. That's what they're looking out for. When the guy looks at your butt, it's not because he's rude. It's because that's literally what he's programmed to do. He wants to see if you're a good match for him physically to mate with. That's really what it comes down to. So hip to waist ratio, that's always where my mind has been. I've always been like, I want a flat stomach and a big butt, like most girls. You want a flatter stomach and a slightly bigger butt. Some girls want a huge butt, some girls want just a little bit bigger of a butt. Either way, that's usually what it is, and that's where it's coming from. The hip to waist ratio of wanting to appeal to people to have kids with. So this isn't to shame anybody, this isn't for me to tell you you need to put yourself in this box or you need to be this or that in a certain way. It's just to give you some ideas of where body image issues sort of stem from and how you can work on them and how you can reframe things in your mind. 
and how you can visualize the body you want. I 100% visualize my way to all my fitness success. I remember as a kid, and my mom, even though she was overweight at the time, she would listen to this book called Think Yourself Thin. And I, that always used to stick with me. I would be going to places in the car. She'd be playing this cassette. And this woman kept saying, like, okay, just visualize yourself in a bikini. And visualize yourself feeling amazing. Visualize yourself eating and all that food is, is you know, melting off your body and you're feeling good about yourself. And she just kept giving you all these different ways to start seeing your body and your mind because how you see your body and your mind is how it shows up. When I wanted a visible six-pack, that was it. It was tunnel vision. There was no telling me I couldn't. There was no anything else I wanted I didn't want. It was just that. So focus on the results you do want, and that's how you create them. I say create the body you want. If you like, For me, there was a point in time I wanted that six-pack. I don't care if it was for aesthetics or not. The thing is, is that a lot of times aesthetic training gets a bad rap, but you have to have really healthy habits to change your aesthetic. Like you have to be mindful of what you're eating. You have to be mindful of your sleep, your water intake. You have to be mindful of your self-talk, right? So even though like bodybuilders and stuff sometimes get a bad rep and I'm not technically a bodybuilder from a perspective of like, I've never officially competed. I never will compete. It's not never say never. That's not my path. I'm not going to get on a bikini and do a bodybuilding competition. The thing is, is that I use so much of that bodybuilding mindset in my own programming and in my own life because so much of it makes sense. And the thing is, is that beauty and aesthetics is something that matters. We have to really acknowledge that. I think sometimes you're called superficial or that you shouldn't care about your looks. You should absolutely care about your looks. Not to the point of detriment, not to the point where it's causing you to participate in unhealthy self-harming behaviors, but to the point where like you all have, we all have things that we do before we leave the house, whether it's put on your eyebrows or like, you know, there's certain clothes that you're not going to leave the house in, right? You know that your hair needs to be a certain way before you leave the house. You need a certain bag. Like aesthetics is a part of our nature. It's a part of our culture. And you know, we want to look good for ourselves. We want to look good for each other. And I think instead of shaming ourselves for caring about looks, you should embrace the fact that we care about looks, right? You don't have to be a Kardashian with it. I mean, I think, you know, excessive plastic surgery is not the answer to body image issues. I think you have to love yourself for who you are and accept that the human body is an amazing, beautiful as is. It is amazing and beautiful as is. It doesn't need a whole lot of extra. And again, if if plastic surgery is in your, you know, if that's for you, that's for you. And you know if it's for you. You also know if it's excessive and problematic. Doctors will definitely consult with you if it is. I'm totally for elective plastic surgery as long as it's safe and done for the right intention, you know? Um, And that's super case by case. I think also sometimes too, plastic surgery gets a bad rep. Like, you know, well, what if somebody was born with like a cleft lip? That's plastic surgery, right? Or or what if a woman, you know, she has to lose one of her breasts for a medical reason and gets breast implants. So that's why I'm always going to be for. And even people that do have extreme weight loss cases and they need to get skin removal, right? These are all plastic surgeries, but you know that these are things that people need to really live a full quality of life. So feeling good about the way you look is necessity for living your full quality of life. So I want you to feel good about how you look. I want you to take the extra time to get the extra sleep. Get you a weave if you need, you know? Like, you get you whatever you need. Get some new clothes. Like, feel good about yourself. Feel good about the way you look because that energy carries into everything you do. 
that carries into your relationships when you're with your partner, that carries into your job. When you walk into a room, you want to just feel confident like a showstopper. You want to have that posture. You want to have that physical presence. We all want it. So I'm here to let you know, as much as you should care about being strong, being healthy, you should care about how you look. And that's okay if you care about how you look. And you can be curvy, you can be skinny, you could be somewhere in between. I just think that being healthy is also the key. And we've discovered that being below 30% body fat is where you're going to be healthy. So remember, as a woman, that's between 15 and 30%. As a man, men can afford to go lower. Men can get down to like 8, 6, 7, 5% body fat because they don't need to have babies. That's also something to remember. Women, we're supposed to have a little pooch because we have to hold a baby. We're supposed to have a little fat because we are genetically built at babies. Not saying you should have kids. Not saying you shouldn't get super lean. I, I know women that, not to say this rudely, but they look like dudes as a choice. They have broader shoulders. They have more narrow hips. And that's what they want. And if you're that, go for it, sis. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure you stay above 13% so you don't stop your period. Women are supposed to have a little more fat to carry babies. Men can afford to get a little more leaner. And your, your body is more optimal with less body fat. It's just the truth. Um, again, not too much, not too little, just the right amount. So that's what I wanted to say today is that I think for me, body image has been something I struggled with. I'm not sure if I struggle with it as much anymore. I am very conscious of how I look. I like to measure myself. I take before and after pictures. I have a certain silhouette with my clothing I like to create. I'm always wearing like high-waisted stuff to emphasize my waist. Corona did have me, you know, a lot of you know, I think I, I pushed my threshold of my personal like fluctuation. I got to the max of, a, of I'm willing to fluctuate. I didn't have access to weights for like three and a half months like the rest of the world during this lockdown time. Plus stress, not knowing what to do. I think I was eating my feelings a lot. I definitely gained a little Corona quarantine weight, but I didn't surpass my healthy fluctuation boundary. So I think it's good to give yourself a healthy fluctuation boundary. Give yourself one pant size. If you catch yourself going up one size, it's all good. You can drop one size in two or three weeks when you get back on it, right? My clothes are fitting all the way better now, right? It took me about three weeks and I'm good. You know, I'm back to my personal maintenance. I'm also entering a season where I am truly ready to get leaner. I moved to Amsterdam from New York in 2019 and I was eating so many croissants because I wanted to. I definitely, 2019, I was eating burgers and fries and I was doing the most back then. Um, yeah, and I'm still doing the most. The thing is that now I just, personally, I want to level up my fitness and getting leaner is part of that process. For a long time, I, I go in and out of goals being aesthetic or just for the sake of them. And I think for a long time, I've been training for actually building strength. Now I actually kind of want to circle back into aesthetics. I've maintained my size, my shape for like 15 years now. I told you guys when I initially went through my initial transformation as a teenager around the age 13, 14, I'm 31 now. I haven't had a major weight gain since then. I've only, again, I've only fluctuated up one size since the initial. So you can also maintain for a long time, right? Um, you can maintain, you can lose weight, you can gain weight and maintain it either way. So I think that's also why it's important to understand how food works. Food and the body go hand in hand. You are what you eat. Understanding the metabolic systems and how to work them to your advantage I think is key. And that's something I spend like the majority of my time 
working with with my clients is getting to understand how the metabolic you know systems work how to build muscle how to use muscle to burn the fat for you how to get into that mindset um and again getting on instagram and you see all these people with different bodies don't wish you could be them just want to be the best version of yourself i made my initial change from the energy of wanting to be my best not from wanting to be like somebody else not because somebody told me I had to do it because I wanted to be my best and when I wanted to be my best and I showed up in the energy and through the lens of my best I got my best body and every day I want to do my best and I maintain my best body because I every day I have the energy of I'm gonna make this my best day and I'm gonna eat the best way I possibly can and I go through the grocery store and sometimes I pick up a bag of M&Ms and I put it down. I'm like, no, I don't need it. And sometimes I pick up a bag of M&Ms and I eat the whole bag of M&Ms, right? Healthy balance. And I think just having the mindset of knowing that you can create your body and your mind. If you want to be curvy, be curvy. Find what feels good for you. Find what feels good for you and do the healthy thing. This is going to have to be an ongoing conversation. I think that fortunately for me, I've been like a pretty logical person in my life. I know I'm crazy. I'm also like logical. So for instance, once I learned that there was a better system, I am so easily and readily able to update my thinking at a moment's notice. Like literally, oh, there's a better way of doing it? Cool, programmed. Once you tell me better, I do better. I know better and I do it. Like it's something I really actually really like about myself. If you can show me the evidence as to how something is better and I can start applying it now, I will. That is it. Nothing else, no other questions, no backtracking. And it's funny, I think that people second guess themselves a lot. And as a trainer, I've worked with a lot of people and I will literally, when I was doing in-person training, now I do mostly online training. When I was doing in-person training one-on-one, I would sometimes physically, manually put my clients into proper form. And then the next set, they're doing the form all wrong. I could tell somebody over and over and over again on every set, and I do. I never let my clients go through a set with bad form. I'll sit there and I'll repeat myself 20 times. And some people, it doesn't matter. You have to repeat 20 times to do the form right. I'm never like that. You tell me once, it's done. Halfway through the sentence, I'm already done. So for me... It didn't have to take me long. I think that's a trait I want everybody to adopt. I'm not saying don't question things. Question me. Research this stuff. And once you know for sure that there's a better way and you've seen the better way and you can adopt the better way, it's literally a responsibility. Once you know better, you must do better. So for me, I've always had a really good just upward momentum in every fitness. Every fitness goal I've set, I've crushed it. I've lifted hundreds of pounds. I've taught over 10,000 classes. I don't have injuries. I've been maintaining my weight. I can grow abs when I want. I made my butt big. I can do this because it's just, once you tell me how to do something, that's it. I don't need to question it and, and get into my feelings with it. I'm from New York, man. It's just like, get to work, you know? You got to do what works. I think that's also the pressure of when I lived in New York and I had to like pay, well, I still have to pay all my own bills. Um, the thing is, is that when I first moved to New York, I had no idea how to run a business and uh, rent was due, okay? I was living on my business and I didn't have clients and I realized, you know what? I need to just do what works from the textbook. The textbook told me this is gonna work. I followed the textbook, my clients got results, right? That's it. 
I'm telling you as a trainer, stop weighing yourself. It's not working for you. Use your body fat percentage. Get a tape measure. Take some pictures. Continue forth on that level. That's going to help you so much more. Um, and I know body dysmorphia is a thing, and I think that's why it's so important to lift weights. Lifting weights is how you sculpt your physique. Lifting weights, that's the thing, is that you cannot spot reduce where you lose fat. You can't just say, hey, I want to lose fat, specifically here and not anywhere else. But you can do this with building muscle. You can't spot reduce fat. You can decide where to build your muscle. This is the art of bodybuilding. So when these bodybuilders get on stage, what you're seeing is the muscles they chose to highlight, they chose to emphasize. Some of it's genetic. Some of our body is genetics. And a lot of it is your choice. When you build muscle, you can completely reshape yourself. Remember, I was morbidly obese. I never had a shape. I had to create a shape as I went. So I've always been someone that I never had a default, naturally sort of skinny body. I had to, again, create my shape as I go. So this is coming from a place of real experience. This is all coming from like, not to like gas myself too hard, but I know that I'm one of the chosen ones in the fitness field. I know this because I've tried to leave the fitness field. It pulls me back in. Also, I have really excelled in it and I know so much. I've worked with so many people. I've helped so many people change their lives. And this isn't for me to brag. It's just for me to really give you some like real advice, not like what your best friend says or some like, this is like, I was in the trenches seven days a week in New York city gyms. I have case studies on case studies of my personal clients. I have texts, I have testimonials, go to my website right now. People are like, I've been doing this for years. It works, you know? So getting out of the weight mindset, getting out of the old paradigm, you have to focus your energy on the new. You have to focus on what you want. And if you can see it in your mind, you can get there in your body. Nobody's body, and that's something too I like to say. I know that people have thyroid conditions. I'm not even sure. Now, please don't come after me too hard. This is my own belief. I'm not quite sure how much I want to believe in thyroid conditions. I know thyroid conditions exist, and this is, again, this is going to sound salty and shady. It is what it is. I follow trainers on Instagram, and a lot of times when trainers who do not understand the principles of metabolism, a lot of times what happens is, Somebody loses weight from doing cardio and, you know, not eating enough. And now they think they're a trainer and they go off and they start giving these people all these advice. And then a few years go by and they gain the weight back because they didn't realize they burned down their muscle and slowed down their metabolism in the process. And then they blame it on a thyroid issue. Well, you're in the right direction because yeah, when you don't eat enough and you do excessive cardio, you are slowing down your metabolism and metabolism issues and thyroid issues are linked. I think, I think that a lot of unseasoned, uneducated trainers and people throw around thyroid disorders left and right when really they haven't really learned how to build muscle and haven't taken every step possible to build muscle to see it work for themselves. A lot of times the things I say aren't even going to make sense. They're very contradictory if you haven't been through it yourself. And our brains, you're trained to find the answer you want. So I'm sitting here saying all this. Some of you might be super triggered on Google trying to find something that contradicts what I've said. So that way you can just be like, ah, see, I was right. Even if you're wrong. Our brains sometimes want us to be right, even if we're wrong. And that's why it's good to have case studies. That's why it's good to have multiple case studies. So that way you can see, okay, if a lot of people are going through the same thing and this is happening for a lot of people, it must be true, right? So again, this isn't me speaking on like, oh, I lost weight once. This is me speaking on 11 years of literally working with people 
full time in this direct department saying this. So that's why I'm even sharing this. It's like, I actually feel irresponsible not sharing my knowledge at this point. So that's why I'm sharing this. I think it's super important. I think that embrace your curves, embrace your lack of curves, embrace what you find beautiful. Just be healthy. That's really it. Let's not overcomplicate it. Body image issues have been complicated and we can go really deep with it into cultural things and how to, you know, ethnically, I am, I'm half, you know, African, half European, literally according to my DNA test, I'm 50% European, 50% African. I have experienced sort of both sides, the in and outs of the cultural, you know, a lot of times black women, Latina women, it's more about being thick and curvy Caucasian girls is usually about like being skinnier. There's a sort of those stereotypes. Uh, don't be a stereotype. Be who you want to be, right? And also, again, it, it's not to generalize because anybody of any race and ethnicity can be an ecto, a mezzo, or an endomorph. I have just noticed though from traveling a lot, certain regions of the planet might have more, it might have a lot of one body type. Like for instance, I live in the Netherlands now. It's not like a really weird overgeneralization. Everyone here is tall and skinny. Like the natural Dutch person, the genes of Dutch people are ectomorphs. There's a lot of ectomorphs here. Not everyone is an ectomorph. Not everybody falls in this category in the Netherlands, but a lot of people do to the point where, you know, where I teach the spin classes, the bikes go up way higher. The seats go up way higher than they did in America. When you go shopping, the pants and everything are a little more ecto, more friendly. And, you know, sometimes you go to maybe Latina communities, African communities where women are more voluptuous, women are more endomorphic, right? They have a little more smaller waist and bigger hips. And then you go into like an athlete world where a lot of times athletes are just all kind of have a lot of muscles and a lot of abs and like, okay, that's more mesomorph. So even though it's not to generalize people, there are somewhat, there is a somewhat general, you know, there are some generalities to body type and body image issues. So understanding that, you know, it's okay to be you and that there are different ranges and boxes that your body could fall into and just accepting that as much as beauty and life, you know, as much as, as aesthetics matter, there's so much more to life at the same time, right? And yeah, I think as long as you focus on being healthy, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water and being your best, you end up with your best body and you can decide, you can decide how you want to look and some things, you know, you don't want to change and some things maybe aren't conventionally that attractive, but you find them attractive and that's what matters, right? Like for me, it's like, I, I'm going to go around and wear shirts where you see my stretch marks and if that's not conventionally attractive to you, that's okay. I'm attracted to it. It's my body. I'm the one that has to live with it. So I think just owning who you are. And I know that as you, as you are here on the planet longer, I think body image eases up. At least for me, it has. I, at the same time, I will say I have people in my family that are older, like in their 70s, you know, and they are still struggling with body image issues. And I think so much of body image issues are more about having physical confidence in yourself. It's just having the strength, having that sort of knowingness in yourself that you're reliable, that you have this innate ability to protect yourself and lifting weights, being strong, being functionally sound. Cause I teach functional training. Like every time you sit down in a chair, you're doing a squat. That's why you want to do squats. Every time you open a door, that's a row. That's why you want to do the exercise called bent over rows. So I teach functional training when your body is 
fully functional, fully on full cylinders and optimal, you have this confidence, you feel like you look good. And yeah, you know, the body is designed to build a nice even physique. Once you have it running optimally and you have your metabolism up and you're eating right, your body will trust that your body, trust the universe has created enough human bodies to guide yours in the right direction. So with that being said, that's what I wanted to share today. I think it's really important to meditate, to journal, to make sure your mindset is right, to make sure you're always loving yourself. So that is what I want to say today. This is going to have to be an ongoing conversation. There's so much I wanted to say about it. And that's the reason I haven't weighed myself in a year. I, I don't see the point. It doesn't really help me. It doesn't really tell me much. I don't need it for anything. So why would I do it? I can take measurements and pictures of myself to see if I'm, to see where I'm at. And that's really what matters to me. So that is what it is. That's what it is, yo. I just wanted to say that, that, you know, you got to love yourself. Love yourself. I know it sounds cornier and maybe it's oversaid. World's going crazy right now, y'all. I woke up to some really, really unfortunate news the other day about someone, you know, trigger warning. Somebody I know taking their own life. And this isn't the only time this has happened. And we look around the world and we see you know, what's going on in America with the police brutality and the racism, and we see tragedies all around the world, the rape crisis in India, sorry, trigger warning, and it's, you know, I think a lot of this is just coming from poor mental health, a lack of self-love, there's no way that somebody who, like, loves themselves and is truly happy is going around hurting other people, so that's why it's super important that you always treat your body kindly, remember you only have one, it's your temple, there's nothing wrong with going the extra mile for taking care of yourself. That's actually your one and only job. Like if you need two hours a day in the gym just to shower and, and do the workout, then do it. You know what I mean? If you need to not go to your parents' house this weekend so you can catch up on sleep, do it. You have to prioritize yourself because I'm here to tell you nobody's going to make you a priority and they shouldn't. That's weird. The only time you should be someone else's priority is when you're an infant and you can't care for yourself. When you can care for yourself, you have to be the person who cares for yourself the most. So care for yourself. Learn to love your body because it's gotten you so far. You woke up today. Don't take that for granted. And as you love your body, as you continue to feel your best, your body and your whole life molds into its best. So it's all about feeling it first and trusting that the results will happen. You don't get the result because then if you're waiting for something external, you know how they say it's all inside, it's all mental? If you're waiting for external validation, you're never going to be truly happy. You're going to wait till you hit that number on the scale. You're going to wait till you get a job. You're going to wait till you get a text. Then you'll be happy. That's not how life works. You're always waiting for happiness outside of yourself. Feel happy. And then everything you do will feel happy. It's that simple. So that is what I wanted to say. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And with that being said, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something useful and enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did, please feel free to take a screenshot of today's episode and post it in your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag me at AminaZena underscore fitness because I want to meet you and I want to shout you out. So thanks again. And until the next time, stay fit, stay